0: The Lord be with you. And, and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Amen. to you. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples." He said to them, "When you pray, say, "Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And Jesus said to the disciples, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And your friend answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given you search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any father among you, if your child asks for a fish, will give the child a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will you give a scorpion? If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Many of us were taught how to pray by our parents or grandparents, I'm sure. It's something that is just taught at a young age and caught and transmitted as part of our lives. And as we celebrate this kind of grandparent weekend in our church and the celebration of the Feast of St. Anne coming up on July 26, a little story about a grandmother and her grandchildren. Grandmother had her two grandsons over for a little summer vacation with her and she would always pray with them before going to bed and teaching them some of their prayers. And as they grew up, she would let them do their prayers on their own and she would stand just on the other side of the doorway and be listening sometimes to the beautiful, simple prayers of the children. They would once often be praying for their family members and for their friends and for the world and for a good night's sleep. So one day she got them all set up to go to bed and listened once again just with the door open a little bit and she heard the older of the two boys say his prayers and thank God for the day and for the vacation time with the grandmother and for family and friends. Then it was his younger brother's turn. He started off thanking God and praying for his family and then with a real loud voice said, and God, Please give me a new bicycle and two new video games. (laughs) Amen." (laughs) The older brother said to him, You don't have to yell. God is not hard of hearing. He says, I know, but Grandma is. (laughs) They knew where she was standing in the end. Cute, simple, but true, because our readings today reflect a whole teaching about prayer something we do all the time, especially when we gather here at church, but something perhaps we don't talk enough about so we can really appreciate the great gift of praying. First of all, Jesus prays. He prayed, God himself. He shows in our humanity the great need because Jesus teaches us who we need to be to really truly be human. And Jesus in his humanity, as he's fully God and fully man, Prays. So he enters into regular communion conversation with the Father in the Holy Spirit. So the Trinity, God as a family, is kind of like a one long conversation, mutual conversation of prayer. And so if it's good for Jesus, it's certainly good for us. But sometimes we get really worried or caught up about how to pray if we're doing it right. And sometimes we're upset if we're, all we're doing is our vocal prayers, the Our Father or Hail Mary, or prayers from a book. And maybe we think we need to be doing more and like start levitating or something or pray in an ancient language and maybe God hears that one a bit better. And all these thoughts come into mind and we can get discouraged easily. But a few things just from our readings, hopefully that can help us in our prayer life. And hopefully the summer months Gives you a bit of downtime or some time on the front porch or back deck or wherever it's kind of a corner for you to pray with and end time for reflection about prayer and just really to savor the goodness of the ability we have to pray. In our first reading, we hear about prayers of petition or intercession. Abraham, once again, we hear about him in the first reading. He is fleeing the city of Sodom and Gomorrah that is going to be punished for grievous sins and turning away from God. And it sounds like in the reading that God is like a chief negotiating officer and Abraham's the agent and trying to figure out how many people God is gonna punish and how many people God is gonna save in this city. And prayer here, when we pray for a petition, when we pray for a need, when we pray for somebody, It's not so much about dealing with a chief negotiating officer who is God, or kind of a mechanic here of trying to get what we want and kind of customer service here at the front desk with the Lord God in prayer. C.S. Lewis always said when he was praying for his wife during her cancer treatments that, cancer doesn't change God, it changes me. Prayer doesn't change God, it changes me. He knew that so much was out of control and needed to surrender and abandon whatever was going to happen to God's will, to God's plan, to life here on earth, which is not forever, as we know. And it's true, because here, this whole story of Abraham saying, well, Lord, if 10 here are found good, will you destroy it? Suppose 10 righteous people are found, or 50, begins 50, and on his way down, 10 at a time. And this is all about changing Abraham's mind. As Abraham is praying and interceding on behalf of the people and his family who lived there at the time, his nephew Lot and his wife, that Abraham's mind is being changed. To understand that God is not the one out like a surveillance camera ready to see us mess up and punish us immediately, but rather God is like a loving father and he wants the best for his children. He may have to discipline, he may have to give us further instructions, but he is merciful. And this is all about one of the first times in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, that God is teaching his people through their real life experiences who he is. And that's what prayer does. When we intercede, when we pray for certain needs and we pray for certain people or certain requests and petitions, it purifies our mind of false images of who God is. Because we know we don't always get what we want. We don't always get the request and answered in the way we expected, perhaps but we always get that gift of God's presence and grace in it, and it gives us a greater understanding of other hidden blessings that may come about. One person once said, I prayed for wealth for so many years of my life, and I'm still struggling and doing okay, but not very poor, but not doing great, but I realized that without the wealth I was looking for, I received lots of wisdom in other areas of life. Just for example, if sometimes, surprising results that come from prayer like that of petition or intercession. We then turn to the gospel. The gospel here is the Our Father prayer. And sometimes we downplay the importance of those memorized prayers, the vocal prayers that have been taught to us for centuries in the church. They're good because Jesus prayed this way as well. Not all the time, but many times he used the prayers of the Psalms, The prayers that he had learned from his Jewish upbringing with Joseph and Mary. And so he taught his disciples other prayers like that to memorize. And when you heard the Our Father in the gospel today, you might have thought and said, well, this is not the Our Father we pray at Mass. This is not the one I learned. It's a little different. It's shorter. This is often something that would happen with formal vocal prayers that would be taught was a rabbi or a master would teach an abbreviated version to the disciples so that they could easily memorize it. And when at work and when kind of going about daily chores, they could go about praying that very quickly sometimes or just by memory. So the longer Our Father, which is found in Matthew's Gospel, shows us that Jesus probably taught his disciples a couple, a longer version and a shorter version. Just like at Mass, we have longer Eucharistic prayers, sometimes the priest can choose, or a shorter version. The same substance, the same essence of the prayer is there, but it's meant to help us remember certain things, memorize parts, and be able to pray that with ease on our own, or to start with the shorter one and learn with the longer one later. There's sometimes also different emphases in these prayers. The Our Father in Luke's Gospel doesn't use the word trespasses, but debts. To forgive us our sins like a debt like we forgive others who are indebted to us. Different image, same vision, because the understanding of sin or debts in the Bible is of a heavy burden weighing upon people. And when that can be forgiven, when that can be healed, it's like a big weight coming off of our shoulders, whether it be from sin or from financial debt as well. And anybody who has been experienced any debt of any kind, you know it's on your mind, you know it's there. It's kind of like a psychological weight that sometimes can be there. So this is the image here in this Our Father prayer that Jesus gives to the disciples as another way of understanding the fruit and the essence of that prayer. And finally, at the end of the Gospel, two words of advice in a parable about our need to be bold and persistent in prayer. And this boldness and persistence is one that leads to spontaneous prayer many times. The image of this man going late at night to, in the middle of the night to a friend and needing food shows how just kind of shameless and bold and persistent keeps knocking on the door until the friend gets up out of bed to give him the food that he needs for his own family. That's a beautiful image of how Jesus encourages us to pray, boldly, persistently, not worrying about necessarily getting all the words right sometimes, not necessarily worried about how it comes across and just sharing our heart with the Lord in prayer. That's a beautiful form of prayer too. So it leads from the vocal memorized prayers to one that's very spontaneous, that's very honest, that's shameless in the sense with God and saying, here I am, Lord, here's the good, bad, and the ugly of this week or of this day in my time of prayer and handing it over to him. And so as we give God thanks here for these beautiful gospel passages and the readings this weekend teaching us on prayer, may we be grateful for that great gift and cherish the moments and the times that God gives us in communion and conversation, and raising our minds and hearts to him in prayer this summer.